week's episode of the Two Brothers in Their Sports podcast. Our topics this week are Everson Griffin signing with the Dallas Cowboys and which player we think has done the best in the NBA bubble thus far. And at the end, we have an interview with Stanford University tight end Lucas Unger. But first, we talk about Everson Griffin and his signing with the Dallas Cowboys. This just makes their D-line better. No. They already have, they have three stars as on their defensive line. DeMarcus Lawrence, Joe McCoy, Don Terry Poe, now Everson Griffin. Two amazing linebackers. Um, they drafted two more defensive linemen. They also drafted um, Trevon Diggs in the second round. Their defense is really shaping up. Yeah, but they're, how does having... Three of those guys you named, DeMarcus Lawrence, Gerald McCoy, Dontre Poe, and Everson Griffin. Three of those, Gerald McCoy, Dontre Poe, and Everson Griffin, are veterans. Dontre Poe, I think, has been in the league seven years. Gerald McCoy, eight or nine. And Everson Griffin, ten. That's such but an old... Yeah, but that's such an old... good. I know, but it's such an old defensive line, and at some point, they're going to have to replace them. And I think Bradley Ane, he was the leader in sacks um, for his college team. They drafted him in the sixth round, Neville Gallimore in the third out of Ohio State. So those players can emerge, and they will emerge. But I don't think they'll get a lot of playing time adding Everson Griffin. Is it re- are they really that old, though? Because yes. 30 is when you hit your prime. Either Everson Griffin's 32. Not hit your prime, but you're right smack dab in the middle of your prime. And they have DeMarcus Lawrence, Gio McCoy, who has made the Pro Bowl in like the past three years. I think Don Terry Pulas and Everson Griffin made it last year. They're all still very good. DeMarcus Lawrence wasn't as good as he was two years ago, but we think that he's going to have a comeback. And Bradley, Ane, Neville Gallimore, both records should have been drafted way earlier. The um, Cowboys got a steal there. Yeah, well, DeMarcus Lawrence, we, he got paid and he never played up to his potential. And Don Terry Poe, when he was in Kansas City, he was very good. But last year, it was kind of a down year for him in um, Carolina. So I, all both of those players, DeMarcus Lawrence may just be in a slump for last year, but Don Terry Poe is definitely going down. Gerald McCoy, there's no other reason. Terry Poe is just for one year. Yeah, I know, for one year. So I'm saying he's going down because he's over seven years in the um, in the league. And Everson Griffin, 32. Two years is, I think, way past your time. Way past your prime, not time. So... Two years you can get out of your prime like that. You can get out of your prime in like two months. Yeah, but if you think about it, Tom Brady, I'm not co- really comparing him to Tom Brady, but think about it. Tom Brady was 36. Past then, he did not win every Super Bowl. He, But when he lost the Super Bowl, did you? would you say he was out of his prime? No. He's, yeah, but he's out of his prime still. His, he's just dragging his prime out. No. So... Tom Brady, past 36, he did not win a Super Bowl every year. That was his standard. That's what he did. So if he didn't win a Super Bowl one year, you can't just say he's not in his prime. You have to take a few years and add them together. Everson Griffin, you said 30 smack in the middle. Two years is a few years. No. So And Everson. 2018 was really his breakout year. As you said, that's two years ago. That was his prime. Who? Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin made the Pro Bowl last year. But who who else was good on the Vikings D line besides Danielle Hunter and him? No one. Exactly. Number Daniel, one. I meant Daniel Hunter was the number two. He was the number one. So they focused on him, and he still made the Pro Bowl. Danielle Hunter was and the two stars one last year. Two stars on the defensive line is really really good, and also he had more sacks because he wasn't playing on left tackles. And we both know that left tackles 
they put really bet the best lineman, offensive lineman, as left tackle because the best players play all the way on the right in the defensive line, and that's what Everson Griffin did. He's really, really good. And four stars on the defensive line could mean that you have four stars just on the defensive line playing at any given moment, at any given snap. Oh. So you have two stars. You have three stars at linebacker: Sean Lee, Leighton Randrush, and um, Jalen Smith. Plus four. That's seven stars in seven positions. Yeah, but Gerald McCoy, Dondre Poe, and Everson Griffin were known around the league a couple years ago. Now they're obviously past their prime. They're how are they all obviously of past all their of them, prime? All of them are veterans. They're all now they're bouncing around teams. Everson Griffin now, after ten years going to the Cowboys, um, Gerald McCoy left um, the Buccaneers two years ago, and Dondre Poe bounced around. From after the Bucks, he went to the Panthers and the Cowboys. He just can't last. All three of those players are moving on for reasons past their How prime. Do you know they can't. They can't perform. The Vikings cut. Um, were they out of their prime last year? No. So how do you know that they're out of their prime this year? And it, and all four of them just rank their defensive line. How good is their defensive line? Their defensive line is very good. But how I how good? Probably two. Probably top ten, but not top five. I would say yes, top five. Though they have four stars. All of them are older stars, though. Like so, if you're saying, if you're yeah, saying, yeah, the, the stars the like, for the Patriots for like ten years has been pretty old now for the Bucks, but he's still a star. You're comparing him like one in a million to these guys. These guys are good. These guys, Tom Brady is amazing. No, we've never seen anything like it. And we don't know that yet because these players are like 10 years younger than us. A star right right now would be... How do we know that... I I think... I'm going to be lofty here. I think that one player... I don't know who, but one player on this defense should have a chance at the Hall of Fame. A star... Okay, that's probably true. But a star right now would be like... um, A star right now would be like Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa's emerging. Nick Bosa... He had an amazing amazing season last year. He almost won... I mean, he did win Defensive Player of the Year. And he took... You could argue that he was the leader of that defense and took them to the Super Bowl in his first year. So you can't say he's a star yet. It's a breakout year. There's been many breakout years, and then they're horrible after the first season. You can't say that. Okay, back to the Cowboys. They have their bench. Let me just name Randy Gregory, who's waiting to be reinstated, but the Cowboys will have him back at some point this year. Tyrone Crawford, Bradley Anae, Neville Galmore. How will those four players get snaps? They're rotating, but the third string is Bradley Anae, Neville Galmore. How and oh, let me not forget Alden Smith, who is a right defensive end behind Everson Griffin and Tyrone Crawford. How are they expecting all three of them to all four? All five of them, actually, to emerge if their defensive line is that star-studded. Because They're just not going to get snaps. You can't, yes, they are. You can't just keep four people in every game, every snap, every and time. And also in practice, if they see one of these guys are stepping up, they're going to try and switch and see if it works. It's How? not like they just have no chance, like the QB behind Tom Brady. And even with them, I'm going to use this because I'm going to use this against you. You just said no one compared to him, the GOAT. Bill Belichick, the coach, the best coach of all time, I would say, he saw something in Jimmy Garoppolo. How did he see something? Obviously, from the six games when Tom Brady was um, when he was suspended, but still, he probably has been seeing in practice, and he saw that Garoppolo was better than Brady, and he wanted to move on from the goat 
Because he saw something. Then why would he trade him? Why would he trade him? younger, better QB. Because Robert Kraft forced him to trade him. Robert Kraft said, We're honestly, if we go, you know and I both know that Bill Belichick said that he wanted uh, to be humble, and that's when the bad blood started. But if you stick with, if you have trust in Tom Brady, why would you, I mean, if you have trust in Jimmy Garoppolo, why would you trade him to another team? Because Robert Kraft is the owner, so he gets to, in the end, he gets to choose what happens with the team. Now we're going to talk about who we think done best in the NBA bubble, teams and players. So I'm not going to say this is the best player, but this is who I'm going to talk about. I think he's had a breakout after the um, quarantine during the regular season, he was a not a no-name player, but he was an okay player. After um, being traded to the Pacers, and then after quarantine, this this guy has had averaged thirty-three point eight points per game, seven rebounds per game, and two point eight assists per game. And that this guy I'm talking about is named T.J. Warren. They um the Pacers acquired him, and they traded away cash considerations. Can you guys believe that? Cast considerations, and this guy's averaging 34 points per game, and he was the fourth or third pacer to average um, to score more than 50 points a game in one game. Um, and what on that list was Reggie Miller. He's um, TJ Warren scored 51. So that just shows what he's doing in the bubble. He is an effective scorer. Scorer. He is an amazing player. He he's done. He's exploded in the bubble, and I think. Next year, he can take it up a notch, if that's even possible. Yeah, so I'm actually going to choose, um, I think that Michael Porter Jr. has also had a breakout year. He's had 26.3 points per game, and he's actually averaging a uh, double-double with 10 rebounds a game, and that's pretty good. He hasn't really had that many good years, but finally, he's he's really helping him out. It, it, his The... Quarantine is really helping him out. He's getting a lot better, and you can see that he's going to turn into a young star. Yeah, you can tell the players that have worked harder in the quarantine than others. TJ Warren, Michael Porter, and Gary Trent Jr. are a few. They've highlighted this bubble so far. Young stars emerging right now. And you can see they they want their chance. They're putting in a lot of work, and it's paying off in the um, with the playoffs about to start. Yeah, so we can see how these players are going to do in the playoffs. It's it's nice if you do good stuff in the regular season, but what people really care about is the postseason. What matters more, no one. If you're the MVP but you flunk it in the playoffs, you're not going to be as good as someone who flunks it in the regular season. Somehow breaks out in the postseason and really takes a team to the playoffs and to maybe the NBA Finals. That's gonna see that that player is gonna be seen clutch and a lot better than the MVP, even though they were amazing in the regular season. And also Giannis Antetokounmpo, obviously he was the MVP last year, probably would have been the MVP this year, and probably is going to be the MVP this year because even in the um, yeah back start, he's been really good. The only thing is he did headbutt um, a player, and he needs to understand. That's not acceptable. And he had a chance to be MVP. I don't know if he's still going to be MVP because of that, but that's really going to be one of the deciding factors. Yeah, and the headbutt during um, coronavirus, you're literally touching heads. There, you could transfer COVID. I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. 
Bob, he got suspended 20 games, and the player that charged got um, suspended 6 games. It's just not acceptable. Players are not wearing masks, and they're just touching each other. It's fine if they're a team, but if you're, because they're obviously quarantined together, but if you headbutt someone from another team that you're playing, and you don't know if you're going to play again, you can transfer the virus from that team to your team to another team, and it can keep going. Because we know that you can be asymptomatic and still be carrying the virus, and it's deadly for some people. Now, please enjoy our interview with Stanford tight end Lucas Unger. It's a great one and gives a lot of insight during coronavirus, how he's staying healthy, and how he's planning to go back to school. Lucas Unger is a tight end committed to play football at Stanford University this fall. He just graduated Del Barton and has been a three-sport athlete his whole life playing football, basketball, and lacrosse. Last year, Mr. Ungar suffered a torn ACL playing lacrosse and has been doing rehab for the past year to come back stronger than ever. He is super excited to go to college and train at one of the best schools in the country. Mr. Ungar, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you for having me. What sports did you play as a kid? Um, like you said in the intro, I, I was mostly just football, basketball, and lacrosse. I, um, as a hobby, I like to golf, I like to snowboard, but those three sports are really were my main focus, um, all the way back to elementary school. How did having two other D1 athletes in your family influence your sports career? Uh, yeah, it definitely was, uh, it was great growing up seeing, uh, my older, my two older siblings, um, succeed in sports and go on to play at a very high level. So um, I guess the competitive nature in me was sparked um, from an early age. And uh, I just I tried my hardest to be just like them. And um, I'm really happy that I am uh, following their path and playing college football. When did you choose to follow football? Uh, I chose football because it's my favorite sport. Um, ever since... I started playing flag when I was in pre preschool and elementary school. I just I had so much fun playing it. And um, as I started to mature and enter high school, I realized I could do it uh, after high school. So it just became my, my main focus. And um, I trained year-round for it. And I just I couldn't be happier. In high school, you broke your wrist and tore your ACL. How did you overcome those two surgeries? Yeah, so uh, overcoming injuries is, is never easy. Um, I'd say with the wrist, it, it was more, uh, it, it was very aggravating because um, I could have played, but my doctor recommended that I sit out and uh, wait the rest of the year so it could fully heal. And um, just knowing that I could be out there helping my team was very difficult for me. But uh, in the long run, it definitely was the right decision because I've had no problems. Um, and with my ACL, um, I guess just the patience needed to go through the whole rehab process. It's very long. Um, I'm coming, I just passed the year mark and, um, I'm still rehabbing, but it's, it's going really well and I'm about hundred percent. So, um, yeah, just staying focused and, uh, motivated throughout the whole rehab process was definitely challenging. Is there also a mental aspect to recovering? Yes, absolutely. Um, the physical aspect of recovery is, is pushing your body to a limit. And, uh, that's really never been a challenge for me, but definitely the mental hurdle is something that I had to learn and adjust to. 
So, um, like I said before, just being patient with the process and every every setback you have, not getting too frustrated and just staying with the program. And, uh, yeah, so the, the mental barrier was definitely something I had to overcome. How did it feel to be recruited as a four-star tight end coming out of high school? It feels great because it just it's just a testament to all my hard work, um, and it, it paid off. And just to get that recognition from uh, the highest analysts in the country um, who are ranking the best athletes in the country and to be ranked a four-star was definitely something that was beyond my wildest dreams. How thankful were you to get so many offers from so many good colleges to play football? Yeah, I was I was very lucky in the recruiting process. I had a, a ton of great schools reach out to me and give me offers. Um, it definitely made the selection process pretty difficult, but it was it was very comforting to know that wherever I ended up, um, it would be a very good place to play football and to study. And, yeah, that leads me to my next question. How big of a role did education have when you were picking your college? It was definitely right up there with football because you never know how football is going to turn out with injuries and um, just a lot of other stuff. So you, you want really want to be at a school where you'll be taken care of in all aspects of life. And I feel that um, Stanford definitely has the highest academic and athletic um, challenges for me so I'm just I'm very happy with uh, both aspects. After all those years watching Stanford play football as a kid what was it like to get an offer from them? It was it was pretty uh it's pretty hard to believe because one of my favorite players Zach Ertz he uh he went to Stanford and now he's one of the great NFL tight ends and just to be able to grow up watching uh, tight ends like him and players like him and then now I'm going to the school that he went to. It's just, it's very hard to believe, and um, I'm, I'm really blessed. What kind of energy was going through as you were writing your tweet with your commitment decision? Uh, it was definitely emotional. Uh, it's something I worked for my whole life. And just to press that tweet button and for it all to, to fall into place just like that, it was, it was unbelievable. When did all your hard work start to pay off? I definitely, when I got my first offer um, my sophomore year from Rutgers, um, getting that phone call from uh, Coach Chris Ash and um, um, finally seeing in person how my uh, hard work paid off, um, it definitely, it was a great feeling and um, it was just the, it was the testament to all the hard work I was putting in. And how did you focus on playing? How did you, what focus did you have on the three sports? Which one was first, second, and third? And how did you handle practicing and playing games for all of them? Yes, yeah, so definitely football was the one I stressed the most. But uh, and then basketball followed by lacrosse. Um, yeah, competing all year round in those three sports, it, it definitely uh, put a lot of stress on my body. Um, but uh, every coach I talked to, they loved that I played three sports. They uh, they loved it because you just you learn so much from each one in its own way, and it, they all help towards football. So um, I'm very happy that I stuck with the three sports through high school because um, I know they all made me a better football player. Do you have dreams to play in the NFL? Yeah, definitely, and um, especially going to Stanford where um, – They've drafted seven tight ends in the last eight years. Um, it's definitely a possibility and something I aspire to do.
For our listeners who are overcoming hard times, what advice do you have to get them over their problems? Um, I would just say be patient with the process. Um, it's going to suck for a while, but um, once you start to taste it paying off, it's just be, going to become addicting, and um, the rest of the process will just fall into place. So um, just stay focused, stay motivated, and uh, don't let your eyes fall off the prize. Mr. Ungar, thank you so much for joining us today. We had a great time talking to you about your sports career, and we wish you the best in the future. Thank you, and have a great rest of your day. Thank you, you too, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. This is actually episode 19. We're so excited to hit the milestone 20, and we really appreciate your guys' support. You can leave a review or rate us, and we read those every day. Just comment, feature us, and we'll feature you in an episode. Thank you guys so much again for listening, and until next time, we're Two Brothers in a Sports Podcast. Yeah.